Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hello everyone and welcome back. This is going to be for Zephaniah chapter 1. So since we're beginning a new book, I'm going to read a little bit of an introduction about Zephaniah. Zephaniah was probably a contemporary of Jeremiah, Lehi, Nahum, and possibly Habakkuk. The immediate occasion of his preaching appears to have been the advance of an enemy which threatened Judah and its neighbors with sudden and complete destruction. Evidently, the dreaded foe is not their old masters, the Assyrians, nor their allies, the Egyptians, but the barbarous Scythians, who had already disturbed the politics of southwestern Asia. A detachment of these ruthless foes, who worshipped their swords and gloried only in murder and plunder, was evidently already sweeping down the eastern shore of the Mediterranean. The prophet had his text and his audience good reason to listen. Their old complacency was shaken. The awakened national conscience found expression on the lips of the royal prophet. Rising above the terror of the moment, he announced that these pitiless destroyers were Jehovah's instrument of punishment and the catastrophe that threatened his day of judgment. Keel and Delich pointed out that Zephaniah used the imminent danger to stress the universal nature of God's judgment. Zephaniah's prophecy was a more general character has a more general character, embracing both judgment and salvation in their totality, so as to form one complete picture. It not only commences with the announcement of a universal judgment upon the whole world, out of which the judgment rises that will fall upon Judah on account of its sins, and upon the world of nations on account of its hostility to the people of Jehovah, but it treats throughout of the great and terrible day of Jehovah, on which the fire of the wrath of God consumes the whole earth. Such a message has meaning for people today as the world prepares for its spiritual and temporal judgment. The heading reads, The destruction of Judah, this is for chapter 1, The destruction of Judah is a type of the second coming. It is the day of the Lord's sacrifice, a day of wrath and trouble. Verse 1, The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hizkiah, and in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Zephaniah was commissioned by God to warn Judah and encourage her to repent. He was a contemporary of King Josiah, and his ministry probably played an important part in the reform movement of that time. Israel was at a pivotal pivotal point between peril and safety. Zephaniah's sweeping prose account of God's judgments upon the wicked and the eventual triumph of his kingdom was the message vacillating Judea needed to hear. The brief genealogy in verse 1 traces Zephaniah back to Hezekiah. It is not known whether this individual was the same as Hezekiah the king, and the other names are not of known individuals. Nothing is known of the life of Zephaniah beyond what can be inferred from his book. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 2, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks or idols with the wicked, and I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place in the name of Chemarim 
or idolatrous priests from the priests with the priests and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops and them that worship and that swear by the lord and that swear by malcolm and them that are turned back from the lord and those that have not sought the lord nor inquired of him Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand, for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice, he hath bid his guests. And it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children, and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. This prophecy is in keeping with the dualism so common in the writings of Hebrew prophets. Zephaniah both anticipated Judah's impending disaster and foresaw the final destruction of all the wicked. The phrase "day of the Lord" in Zephaniah one seven usually refers to the scriptures, or usually refers in the scriptures to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Verse nine: In the same day also will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, or over, i.e., to plunder and pillage, which fill their masters' houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be the noise of a cry from the fish gate and, a, and, and howling from the second, i.e. the second quarter, a district of Jerusalem, and a great crashing from the hills. The fish gate was on the north end of the city. People there would be the first to see an enemy invading from the north. The fish gate opened into the part of the city known as the second quarter, probably because it was an expansion of the original city of David. This quarter would be the first reach from the north. How ye inhabitants of Maktesh, i.e. a district of Jerusalem, for all the merchant people are cut down, all they that bear silver are cut off. Maktesh was the name of the merchant quarter, which lay in the second quarter, thus the reference of, to merchants, they that bear silver. And it came to pass, at, at that, and it shall come to pass at that time, that I will search Jerusalem with candles, and punish the men that are settled on their lees, or complacent or indifferent, that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. To search with candles suggests an extensive or an exhaustive search, since in the poorly lighted houses of those times one would have to use a candle to look for a lost object at night. Settled upon their lees is a figure drawn from winemaking. The lees are the thick residue of the pulp of the grapes. Good wine, when it remains for a long time upon its lees, becomes stronger, but bad wine becomes harsher and thicker. The interpretation of the symbol is that wicked men, like bad wine, remain apathetic about the true religion and become increasingly harsh and bitter. Verse 13, Therefore their, go their goods shall become a booty, and their houses a desolation. They shall also build houses, but not inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards, but not drink the wine thereof. The great day of the Lord is near, it is near, and hasteth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man, shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet, or shofar, or, or ram's horn, and alarm again against the fenced against the fenced cities and against the high towers, and I will bring distress upon men, that they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to, to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land." So you can see the destruction that's about to happen here. This could have reference also to those things that will happen prior to the second coming. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. We'll see you next time. Bye.